podcast to hear what bill does we got a great show today i was telling bill that we moved like an hour out of the way but the classes my daughter had her first dance class today so i drove her to the, and then the teacher didn't show up for a half an hour so <laughs> that's why i was like running to get back and then we have her for school and then she was crying she didn't go to school and then i'm like you know she had a busy day but school it was her first week of school and she's gonna nap anyway so i'm like okay we'll just go home and we'll just taking you know a bottle and a, and a, but then I'm like well now I'm already getting having her skip school but she's only <laughs> two and a half and I don't want her to think that it's okay to not go to school you know she's already dropped out of school in my head you know she's like but literally it's her first day of school her first week so I called the principal of the school I said hey you know my daughter's tired I drove her she took a dance class she's like you know just take her home it, it, School's over in two hours anyway. So here we are. I'm already like dealing with this. Uh, Adam, I don't know how you can be a good dad and be a traveling comic. That must be the most stressful combination of things in the world. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean luckily, that's the best thing for COVID that happened to me during the, is being home with my kid. Like that was, yeah. was I've never been closer with my daughter. Um, and I've never, but it's, it's hard because, you know, it's like, you know, I was, we were paying for a nanny for a while and then I'm like, well, I could just watch her at home, but then I, I won't get any writing done or yeah. I'm going to watch my daughter during a podcast or I'm not like scheduling shows or writing shows or pitching shows. And it's like, so then am I really, I'm not even really with her. I'm with her, but on my head's in 10 other places. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Have you done, have you done a set yet with your uh, baby on the baby Bjorn? I have not. No, you, you've yet. coached with it, but you haven't done a set. Yeah, I just don't want, I don't want my kid to like steal focus. I'm like, I, I don't even like, even I did a show last night and my friend Nikki was like standing next to the stage. Like the, the host was, he was. Yeah. The and like, I don't like like looking down and seeing my friends. If I know people, you know, I don't oh, want yeah. other comics sit in the front, you know? Yeah. So I got up and then I'm like, I, I don't want to embarrass them and be like, Hey Nikki, could you just not like stand next to the stage like during the show? So when yeah. I got off stage, I'm like, Nikki, man, like, I, I love you. You know, I love you. You're Because he's, he's sensitive. I'm like, but listen, you can't stand next to the stage because it's making it, everyone thinks that they have to get off stage because you're next to them the whole time. I know you're laughing, but like, you're, tr I, but you also know my jokes, a lot of them. So then I feel like you're laughing to like make me feel better, <laughs> which makes me feel even worse, you know? Yeah. So, he, and then, and then he was, he got it. So then he went, when he went on stage, I stood next to the stage just to fuck with him, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did a show on, uh, what was it? I did a show with I Met a Med on, was it Tuesday night? And was that the Venice thing? No. No, it's all the way like in Temecula. But I had to go pick up a Med in Venice from where I live now, which is like Woodland Hills. I drove an hour to drive two and a half hours. And then I was up at seven in the morning taking my kid to school. So, and then 
did a podcast that day. So it was just like, and then I get there and I, and I tell someone else, I tell Nikki to run the Zoom show. Of course, he can't figure it out because I, I don't know my login info. Now I'm running a Zoom show from an actual show. So I'm <laughs> sitting at like this like bar. It's like 200 people. And I'm actually fucking with the comics, showing them like a real crowd just to actually like. <laughs> and then I go on and like Hendo's there, Dan Henderson. With yeah. His, he's there with like the sheriff and a couple of Marines and his wife who's like way like super hot and young so i'm like hendo i'm happy that you brought your daughter to the show and just <laughs> with them and i'm like hendo are you gonna come back depends i made like 37 old jokes about him <laughs> and then afterwards he came up to me he was like dude you made me cry you made me cry oh it was good that was that was awesome I, I, and i invited him there i fucking i love that guy he, he's a good dude he's and not going to come back though is he for real no way no but i heard a story from tom toothless tom that like somebody who is like top two or three in, in the world right now. At one point, he was number one in the world. He was a number one contender. I'm not going to say who, but they called Hendo to train with him, and Hendo lit him up. Like, oh, really? Like, like six months ago or like a year ago. Oh, like, like, I mean, for, a, for, like, for like a round or two, and then Hendo was like fuck, sitting there <laughs> like, but yeah, he just has that. He's one of those dudes that like, you know, power is the last to go. Like he could yeah. knock out almost anybody. He could not. He could knock out anybody. Yeah. Old man strength is real. Real. It's. Yeah. That's why Tyson's still good, you know. But that's also why I tell people, I'm like, look, there are certain people that have, they get away with doing things wrong. And when I when I say wrong, it's like fundamentally like hands low, chin out, and yeah. they get away with it because they're just so much faster and skilled and natural talented. Guys like Anderson Silva, Roy Jones, but mm -hmm. then when their speed goes, slow, yep. they get caught because now they just have bad technique. You know, yeah. I mean, they're still going to beat almost 90% of the people, right? Nine, but it's it just, then you got guys like Tyson or George Foreman or Hendo that could fight later. Roy Nelson almost, even though he's a bad example because he's lost a lot of his last fights, but they just have that power. They can just keep yeah. doing it. Um, yeah. I heard that I, I, I do jujitsu with a black belt who's 66 and uh, he, he, he way overpowers me. Really? And, and I've heard that this strength commands like tensile strength increases as you get older. It's like the super, super slow twitch shit. Wow. 66. Yeah. Still overpowers you. Now, do you think it's because he just knows where to keep his weight? No, well, I think he's also a genetic freak too. He, he went down to Brazil as a blue belt and destroyed everybody. So he's also that guy. Yeah, but he's an orthopedic yeah. surgeon who started when he was 48. But the point is, like, he's got the power of, like, a thousand mortgages behind him when he fucking, you know, <laughs> he's on the mat. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what, like, McCorkle always says, that, like, he talks about Tom Erickson, like, fucking everyone up. And he's just, like, this, they have this old man. You know, you know, like, I almost feel like uh, Dagestan fighters are born with old man strength. Yeah. Like, they're, like, <laughs> I mean, they're, like, because they don't look. You're never going to see a ripped guy from Dagestan. But they yeah. just have that, I don't know if they just move rocks all day in school or they just have that fucking, you can't move them. You know, yeah. it's just a different kind of strength. It's, it's like Russians in general, like that whole area, Eastern Europe. It's like whenever you move now, like every mover is from Russia. But yeah. if you want to get a good moving company, they're going to be Russian. It's going to be one guy with like seven dudes. You don't even know if they're illegal or what. You're not going to ask. And they're just going to move all your shit in 20 minutes. And they, they, have, they have beer bellies. 
but they just have that like fucking that you know a lot of them are wearing like weight like those weight vests on or so you know they're like to not fucking blow out their back or something <laughs> it's it's weird it's it's weird man it's uh but good for them meanwhile you know you think you know everything about about sports you're like man just when i think that uh, sometimes I, I feel like coming on this podcast and saying guys don't listen to a fucking word i say like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck i'm talking about and, and last night it was proven to me when Demetrius Johnson lost. Holy shit, yeah. He lost in one championship. And not only did he lose, he got like knocked out in the second round. Uh, now, that I miss this fight. Who did he fight? Adriano uh, Morass. Uh, okay. I think that's his name. Adrian. I probably just butchered it. Uh, eight, uh, fucking, yeah, Crazy. He, he lost at one. He lost at one, he got knocked out, and he lost the first round, too. It wasn't like, a, like he just got caught. It wasn't like yeah. a Matt Sarah GSP. No offense yeah. to Matt Sarah, because I <laughs> love Adrian. But he also knows the truth, yeah. But it was like, that was one of those things where Matt Sarah hit him, and he ducked and came back up. Who knows? I mean, I watched that fight again last night. It wasn't just one hit. Matt kept hitting him. Matt yeah. hit him like, he, he, Matt won that fight, okay? That's a For bad sure. example. But this is not one of those, like, flash you know, you, you know like there was this guy the 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 bear jew where he's losing every round and then just throws up a triangle with three seconds left and catches the guy when he just lost 10 8 it's not he was getting he was gonna beat yeah. and you know a lot of it is because knees to the head because he had he had his he in the ufc he, he like he got hurt he got rocked oh. he, and then the guy just fucking need him and and uh you know but he knew that going in. You can't say he lost because he didn't know the rules. I mean, he knew the rules. Like, yeah. you know, he, he trained, but. Well, look, man, it's also just because you're in the biggest market, the biggest promotion doesn't mean you're the best fighter. I hate to say it. You know what I mean? I mean, I know UFC is your, your papa company, but like, it's like when you go out of town sometimes and there's like a local comic and he's fucking like 10 times funnier than you ever. Sometimes I see local comic, like, why is this guy so fucking funny? Holy shit. Uh, there are that. I mean, a lot of times those local comics are doing local references and they're killing on like, they're doing like, they have all the cheat codes, you know? Uh, <laughs> they're like, hey, you ever go to Fifth Street Pizza? And everyone's dying laughing because they know about Fifth Street Pizza. <laughs> so that might not be the best example, but I, I do think that, you know, Demetrius might have overlooked this dude. But then again, I looked at this guy's record. He lost three times. Two out of the three were split decisions. And he beat two of the guys he lost to. And then, like he, when they're in like the rematch, and the, and then he didn't rematch the other guy who beat him, the first guy. So, man, I mean, who knows? The guy trains an American Top Team. He's a black belt. He's a prodigy on the ground. So maybe yeah. maybe Johnson was like training for that. But uh, man, props to this guy. This guy's stock just rose. I mean, absolutely. And it's great for one championship because. And then Eddie Alvarez would have won his fight, but he he got disqualified. Cause he took the guy down and was hitting him and it's hard. Like he, he landed a couple shots to the back of the head, but the guy was like turning his head in a, yeah. in a where he almost was forced to it. And they should have given him a warning, but the guy couldn't continue. Uh, I don't really consider that a loss. There were fists or their elbows or their fists. fists. He yeah. was against the cage. He had like a, he had like a double. It was a weird position. He just, the guy was stuck. And the guy basically looked the other way, and Eddie hit him, and then the guy went down, and like, yes, it's a loss, but I mean, no one's gonna, 
think that other guy got the better of him that night. You know? Do you think at UFC, if that was UFC, that would have happened, that call? I think they use a lot of the same refs. So um, I don't know. I, but I think that uh, they should have given him a warning. And, you know, refs fuck up in the UFC all the time. So it's not like UFC refs are any better. You know, yeah. a ref is a ref. But we have this girl right now. I don't even know what to call her because I don't know if I should call her Jeslyn Michelle or if I should call her by her, her, uh, her wrestling name. Uh, but she's, she's smoking hot. She's undefeated as uh mma fighter she's i think she's five and oh as an amateur maybe six and oh she won her last fight she's also a pro wrestler and i think a lot of mma guys they go into pro wrestling and like you know it's sort of like cute not cute but they they do like one or two things you know this chick was fucking suplexing people i watched some of her wrestling matches doing like backflips off the top rope i mean legit insanity intergender matches where she was throwing dudes up in the air like oh, uh and she's also an actress and a model like you talk about someone who doesn't have time for for men uh now <laughs> should i should i call you jesslyn or should i call you your wrestling name what should i call you can you hear me yes oh okay sorry uh my name is jesslyn jesslyn michelle yes. and then i have my like you know my personas depending on what i'm doing so, so, right now, can I call you your persona name or, your, or do you like Jessalyn better or? Well, it depends on what we're talking about. Am I in character or not? Okay. Well, we want to be friends with you. What do your friends call you? Big J. Big J. But you're also the body slamming queen on Instagram. Uh, yeah. and, and then how do you say your wrestling name? Because I, I keep fucking it up. I'm terrible with names. Well, so it's the word desiderata, which yeah. is an actual word in the dictionary, but it's also the name of like a pretty famous poem, which came to my life because my grandmother gave it to me when I was young and always loved it. But I split that word up to be Desi Dorada. Really it's because Facebook made me have to have two names when I made a profile for my wrestling character. But so everyone in pro wrestling calls me Desi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I was confused. I didn't want to like butcher your name. And then all of a sudden people say, Oh, you at least get her name right. And then I got to be fucking, you know, I'm like white cis male bastard. I went with a girl who was a porn star and I got like, her porn name wrong, her actual name wrong. <laughs> I got like every name wrong. I got, I, I was like, oh, for two. Anyway, that, but that's, that's a whole different. And that's the thing about women these days is we have like five names depending on what we're doing. So yeah, yeah. I got a couple other aliases for sure. Now I'll okay. call you Adam. Thank okay. you very much. Now you're, you're Native American, correct? California Native American, yes. So what, uh, what tribe? So I specify California because there's hundreds of tribes in California and people don't realize that. Um, the tribe is Cahuilla. My bloodline is from the Cahuilla band of Agua Caliente. And we're, we're what is considered mission Indians. So there was a lot of Spanish. Obviously, there were indigenous people on in the West Coast. And then the Spanish literally like invaded and pillaged the entire land. So we have a lot of Spanish blood in us too, which I don't admit to. But uh, that's where all those missions along the coastline came from, was like the native labor, got basically, it. slavery. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. And then where did you grow up? Also in California, not anywhere near where my family or anywhere near where my family came from. Um, in a very small mountain town in the Sierra Nevadas, I would say just south of Yosemite. Wow. Um, I was born in the Eastern Sierras near Mammoth Lakes, which a lot of people know of. Mm -hmm. Big ski resort town. 
And then uh, I spent like most of my child growing up in an even smaller town. As a crow flies, probably only 50, 60 miles on the other side of this huge mountain range. This mountain range is so huge, you get from Mexico to Canada at high elevation. But um, it takes a while to drive through, like through Yosemite, maybe three or four hours. Um, and that town had only 300 people. It was paradise. As really? Kids. Wow. My, my elementary school, K through eighth, 100 kids. Wow. Wow. So you were like the... You were like the every team, like because you were like you were it. You were you were like the you know most valuable yeah. player and every position. I like it. I like I it. And, now, and you came out to LA to become a model. Um, I didn't move to LA ever. I I went back. Well, I thought I was going to play basketball in college because growing up in the mountain town, you do a lot of sports, and I did all the sports, uh, even junior Olympic style, like so a you, lot of kids. From you competed against men, or were there women's sports, or just you just played with the guys the whole time? There were girls sports, but I did have to play on the boys basketball team in seventh grade because there wasn't enough boys and I was the only girl that could, I guess. But nonetheless, I thought I was going to play. When I was a kid, I thought I was going to be the first woman on the NBA. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but some stuff transpired as I was in high school. We got a new coach my senior year, my varsity year. And uh, it just, yeah, my life changed. And so I went full-fledged into snowboarding, so I went back to Mammoth Lakes. And then I realized that I didn't even like sports and I hated competing, but my parents kind of liked that. And that's just what we did in the mountains, just be athletic and outside. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized I just wanted to entertain and be entertaining. The only thing I liked about basketball was that I was entertaining people because they would see me do this cool thing and they're like, well, you know, whatever. They just, I liked that element of it. I didn't like the competition. Got I didn't it. care about winning, but I had to always win. So when did you decide to like come become a model slash actress slash wrestler slash fighter. So that kind of fell into my lap. I didn't ever make that decision. I went into theater, like I went to college and started snowboarding and then there was like local theater. And so I did some theatrical stuff. And then I, um, I think it was when, I think it, and then I started dancing. And I don't talk about this a lot, but I think it was Go because on. Wait, that you, made me. When we, we say dancing, you mean like ballet, jazz, or <laughs> strip it? Okay, strip it. Okay. So, I'm like I'm talking like. So under stripper. Got oh, okay. So, okay, so Jessa, let me just let me just say, can I just butt in here? So obviously you're a, you're a freak athlete. You can snowboard. You can do all this stuff, and you have, and you're smart and all put together. Stripping, that doesn't seem like the logical conclusion of where you're going. And it never, never even crossed my mind. I didn't even know what it, I didn't even know what that was. But when, when I saw the ad that said auditions for dancers, I love dancing. Like I did dancing. I, I mean, even in eighth grade, my theater, my drama teacher told my parents, uh, we wanted to send one kid to a summer acting camp that does dancing and all this talent stuff. And we, we want Jesslyn to go. And my dad's like, oh, she's got sports. She's got track. She's got swimming. So I'm like, what? He didn't even ask me. And I was like, oh yeah, I have to do that instead. So when I, honestly, it was this ad that said dancing. And um, then I realized what it was and I was like, I'll try it. And then I don't know, just. But, when you, okay, so you, but you get to the audition and you're like, okay, you got to be naked. Well, uh, I knew before that I oh. realized before that. And I, I don't know. I, this whole, my whole entire life, I've never really been, sh been, uh, I guess I'm like shy, like talking to people, but I've never been reserved. Like right. I've, I've never had a lot of boundaries or personal limitations. And I'm like, well, people do this, so I'll just try it. 
But how do you know, but how do you know how to give like a lap dance or the girls taught me? Who? The girls, the girls by the way, this is the first time I've ever talked about this in any podcast or interview. Well, this is the best this is the place to do it. So how do you know? So you get there and you're like never done it before. Do the girls take you under their wing and say, listen, this guy's a mark, go up to him, promise him that you're gonna hook up with him, take his money, uh, uh, give this guy a lap dance. If a guy gets a boner, fucking just walk away, put your leg next to this guy, this guy, use thigh. Like, how do you- So, after I got hired, I said, I told myself, I, I obviously was very naive, I was very, very young and naive. I said, I'm just gonna do the stage shows and work for tips, I don't wanna do the rest of that stuff. And then someone said, okay, and then when I get there, I'm like, this isn't really working out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I kind of had to learn, but no one called it a mark. As a matter of fact, it's cool that you say mark because I've only learned that term in pro wrestling. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. Now, now uh, full nude? I mean, I mean, full nude? Yeah, because they didn't serve alcohol because I was too young. So, anyway, let's fast forward. Okay, go on. And, um, so, you don't have any video proof of this, of this uh, <laughs> career that you have now? Okay. okay right, Man, it, I'm so ultimately i am so thankful for it because being able to go to do that off and on throughout the years have fulfilled my traveling dreams have fulfilled where i'm at right now and it's been years since i've done it but like i just was so thankful i went cross country and back for three months in my van and was able to make enough money along the way to do it and even drove to alaska and back and was able to make much it's just it was just ideal if you could deal with it and it yeah. can be very scary because a lot of girls get lost and a lot of girls get overwhelmed and and you just you have to be very stern with yourself and set your boundaries. And I think that that's challenging for okay. people. Mm -hmm. So right, our fast forward. So you're, so you're yeah. stripping and then, so, okay, go on. So some kids, some, some, uh, some photographer asked if I want to do a photo shoot. I didn't mind being nude, whatever. And then someone asked me if I want to do a photo shoot, uh, casual in the park with my feet showing. I'm like, what is that? Okay. He wants to pay <laughs> me for my feet. And then I got into that whole world and then, Oh, um, oh, oh, you can't go. Independent what, filmmaker. Like, well, you got into like the fetish modeling world. Is that what we're talking about? Well, I had no idea there was a foot fetish at the time either. Um, got it. Got it. Obviously, you have to show us. Our, you have to show us your feet right now. Come on. Uh, the, oh my God, they're so bad, Matt feet. It's not. No way. I, I <laughs> look at them these days, and I'm like, man, these dogs used to make me money. But <laughs> no. there's actually dogs behind you. All right. Okay. So then, so <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So you go there, and then you're in the then you're in the fetish world, right? So yeah, I never got too deep in it and it, it was too for, I don't know. It was just, that was a little too weird for me. You just like dip your toe in it, as I would say. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, then, right, so then. Literally. Okay. okay. So then uh, some local movie independent filmmaker, I don't know, found me on this model mayhem website and he said he has his role, went, did his role, which required, I don't know, a topless scene. It's the movies just came out actually anyway after years and years of, ah. of editing. Nonetheless, got involved with a lot of independent films and and college films and stuff, and then local TV commercials. And then, um, movie called Shrinkage because you're in a movie called Shrinkage. Did Shrinkage, yeah, Shrinkage was fun. I had a small role in that one, that was more re no a little more recent. Um, okay. the, the biggest thing I could say I did was, uh, I worked with a top. This was maybe three years ago. I worked with the top stunt, stunt uh, choreographer in LA because of my pro wrestling. Because at the time, we'll, we'll go back to that. But because of my pro wrestling, they cast me and I had just started doing jujitsu. So I knew some kind of like combat. But this, the, it was a James Franco movie. 
and they wanted me to play this boxer. And I didn't really, I didn't realize it was a time piece, the time era. What am I trying to say? Period piece. Period piece. That's what I'm. What do I say? And uh, yeah, it took place in the 18th in the 18th century. Okay. So, and what movie is that called? It's called The Mad Whale. So the scene was really cool. And when I get knocked out by the chick in this underground basement fighting scene where the men gamble on us slave type women, uh, James Franco's head appears behind me as I crumble. But the scene doesn't look like that. You, you just see us kind of in the foreground duking it out. And he, you, you could just see him kind of going along the crowd. All right. But, okay, so then, so then, all right. So we're doing independent films. You're like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to be an actress. You went from a basketball player to a stripper to a foot fetish. Snowboarding. I competed snowboarding and taught Snowboard. snowboarding. Snowboarding. Oh, sorry about that. To actress. Now, how do we get into MMA and wrestling? I know. What a, what a confusing thing. I think this is why I've confused fans and friends along the way. So, um, where am I? So, like, I did move to Long Beach at one time. I lived in Central California, and I lived in Northern California throughout all this. And then, of course, when I was snowboarding and stuff, I was back home in Mammoth Lakes. So, I just had moved around at this throughout these days. But, um, when you ever was it? the X Games? No. No. Was that a goal? No. I guess not, if I'm not aware of it. Okay. <laughs> all the right. X Games for snowboarding? Go ahead. Okay. Oh, okay. The, oh my gosh, did I ever compete in the X Games? I thought you said, do you know about PBX Games? No, I did not <laughs> compete in the X Games. Okay. I just did the local, local competitions okay, on the mountain. Got it, got it. So now here we are, here we are, now we're acting. We're like, okay, I'm okay. gonna be acting. Okay. So then, I did this really cool um, acting thing in um, Fresno, actually, and it's one of my favorite movies. It's called My San Joaquin, but the director thought it sucked, so she doesn't put it out or give it to the actors. And that was her fault that it sucked, but she tried to blame everyone else. But she's a director, so she's responsible, right? And I was like, this is enough being in this town. I'm gonna go back home and figure it out. In that meantime, I had been doing performance art. I took myself to circus school and did some like aerial stuff and learned how to walk on stilts, which is probably the only thing I still do as far as circus type stuff. Yeah. Peg stilts. And, um. I went, oh, I, I would do a lot of interpretive dance for the Sacramento Horror Film Festival. Wait, hold on. Were you going to join the circus? Was that a goal? When I was a kid, I wanted to be a clown. So I really did. You know, when you're a kid, they're like, what did you want to be when you were a kid, when you grew up? And mine was seriously a clown. Wow. I wanted to be a clown. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, so uh, that was like when it was the traditional old style circus, though, right? You know, like when it was like really gritty and crazy and you had to leave home to do it you had to forsway your whole family and never ah. speak to them again right or oh, they'd have to come with me but then i realized that life doesn't work like the circus isn't like that these days as much but i did join pro wrestling so we'll get to that yes. circus in a moment but um uh, I went to the venue to look at the stage to see where what space i had to work with for my interpretive performance art piece and there was a pro wrestling show going on and I walked in and the crowd was cheering and I knew what pro wrestling was because I saw it on TV, but I just didn't really care for that WWE content growing up. I don't know why. Probably because my dad was really into sports and he thought it was fake and he liked boxing and stuff. So I probably just yeah. got turned away. But this was like popping. In hindsight, it probably was a shitty show with some shitty independent wrestlers. But now, you know, at the time I just felt the energy and I saw the, the wrestlers, they were 
bantering and talking shit back at the crowd. And you know how pro wrestling shows, have you been to one? Yeah, the, I mean, the local shows especially. So much fun. It's so much fun. And then they're doing stunts and they're beating each other up. They're not really. And I'm like, oh my God, this is performance. This is athleticism. This is showmanship. This is everything I've done and love doing, but in one square, like right. federal school. So I said, I'm going to do this. I called that company, the school the next day. And they're like, just come to a training and we'll see about it. I'm like, how rude. Anyway, I didn't go to the training. I was still doing performance art. Um, I just didn't go. And some time went by. Fast forward to when I left Fresno and went back to, to Mammoth the last time, I said something happened in my life. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but like it changed my life so much that it wasn't a good thing, but it was a good thing because what it did for me, it could have, it was detrimental. I was quite depressed actually, but it made me realize I don't have a lot of time to be living life. I already tried to fill life with as much excitement as I could because that's just the way I've always been, but I need to do what I want to do. So I was like, I'm starting pro wrestling. From Mammoth, the nearest city is Reno at three hours away or like Lancaster at three hours south. So I drove to Reno every week on my days off to go to a pro wrestling school up there. Wow. And yeah, I stayed with a friend, so it worked out. But um, yeah, then later, your wrestling is insane. I love watching you wrestle. I, I, I never watched it till like last night. I went on like, you had some great clips on YouTube. I mean, you do like... You fucking lift people up, suplex them, and you, you I mean, do backflips into the crowd. I mean, it's fucking, it's wild. And then, then I saw you, like, in a backyard wrestling. You were, like, in someone's backyard having a match. Like, so that's kind of, like, silly because then they call, they're called backyarders, backyard wrestlers, and they're not really respected because they kind of give wrestling a bad name because they're doing a bunch of dangerous, crappy, sloppy stuff and like the elite of wrestlers are just like right you either go out of that and move on or you just stay there and never go anywhere with your wrestling right so it's, it's just a tough balance i don't want to bring up you know well you're much better than a backyard wrestler but i would do but it was pretty cool seeing you in a but then how did then how did you end up at syndicate in las vegas and now you're here what you're six and oh now five and oh five and oh how, how did this happen so there's a couple steps in between that year, I decided to take a trip to Alaska for no good reason. And then when I was up there, I found a pro wrestling school up there. And I trained there for three months. I stayed, I, I met a girl who became a good friend of mine. And I stayed there for three months. And went, by the time I came back, I met a guy that was a pro wrestler. So we ended up getting engaged. We're no longer. But um, he, he's a big name now. Like, he's like a big time wrestler now. Rock and up. just, huh? <laughs> Brock Lesnar, yeah. oh. is it the Iron Sheik? <laughs> kind of close, close and. Oh, wow. John Cena, <laughs> I'm going with John Cena. It's the big show. <laughs> okay, so then. No. So, oh, all right. so then you, uh, all right, so then you, so how'd you end up at Cindy? So then I'm with him pro wrestling a lot and traveling. We got to travel the world and uh, I did like a few countries pro wrestling shows. But at one point during all that, I said, you know, I should probably really learn some real wrestling and like actually learn how to look like I know how to fight just so my wrestling can look better so I said I'm gonna go to an MMA gym and and like learn MMA because I, I only knew that what only knew that from like the UFC and on TV and Ronda Rousey at the time and then um so I went to the gym and they said oh it's jiu-jitsu tonight it's very tiny gym they didn't they only had like a few classes a day and I was like well what exactly is jiu-jitsu I didn't know it and they're like here borrow this yee 
and just do the class. I was like, what's a gi? Okay. By the time we started free rolling, these the little chicks that were in the class were just freaking choking my ass out left and right with my my own clothing. <laughs> and like I I knew what wrestling was and I knew kind of what fighting was, but I just didn't understand the jujitsu. I'd never heard of it. This was not even that long ago. This was like 2016. And I was like, these little, these little bitches are just choking me out. I'm supposed to be big and strong because I started wrestling and doing big suplex moves. Um, not even realizing that those moves actually came from real fight yeah. moves, which is exaggerated. That came also later. Um, I, I fell in love with jujitsu at that time because I needed to know what was going on. I then, love the fact that your first, your first class, they let you roll your first class and women <laughs> were choking you out. That's crazy. Choking my ass out. Wow. Usually it takes weeks to start rolling in a class, but yeah, now that I think about it, uh, <laughs> I just remember it being really intense, but I did end up getting the, my moniker from that sensei, we call him wrecking ball. And I'm like, is that like an insult? What's that mean? Like just a sloppy, like wild ball. And he's like, no, the door's open, but you just kick it down anyway. And that's like all I knew with, with, uh, how to fight. Cause like with pro wrestling, you're big and strong and you fight and you, you push and you force. But in jiu-jitsu, it's, you know, go with the flow. And I'm still trying to learn that. But, um, yeah, I still like the name Wrecking Ball. Because that is that really is a, a strength of mine. It's like, I won't back down. I'll just keep. So yeah. being at that gym for one year, they said, do you want to really fight? And I'm like, do you want to take a fight? And I was like, no, I don't really want to get punched. This is, I'm a pro wrestler, you know, like Hulk Hogan style. Pretend, like, sell it. You know, don't touch it. And you were also um, like, look at this face. I yeah, don't want to punch this. Chick and I never thought that once, but thanks. <laughs> but it was because I'm like, you know what? For pro wrestling, maybe I should take a fight. So I know what it feels like to like be in a real fight. Because like, you know, when our, we have um, entrances with pro wrestling that are really extravagant. And then we're supposed to cut promos before our fight to not talk shit, but talk about the upcoming bout with our wrestling counterpart. And and I never felt scared because it's pro wrestling, right? I was fucking scared for my first fight. I agreed to do it. And I was so scared for the first time that that's what got me hooked. Well, now you're 5-0. and oh. Are you going to go pro? I, I should have already, but yes. Yes. So pro. Uh, and I'm glad I had this last experience. So this chick was like the toughest. It was the smallest weight class I've ever fought. And like the, the least amount of weight since, I'm not kidding, seventh grade. But she was the toughest. Now, were you pulling your punches at all? It seemed like you were on top of her landing, but that you weren't like, were you trying, were you worried about your hand or something? Um, so, so like when I was on her back, you mean? Yeah. So the first couple were really hard, but then I got my hooks, then she started moving, so I had to get my hooks in. So yeah. those little taps were just a distractor from squashing her. You can't uh... flatten her. So if you watch my feet, she's on her knees, and then when I start tapping, she gets flattened, and that's what right. that's what. Trying to do. I, was I thought maybe you got confused that you were still wrestling and that you were like <laughs> selling it or something. Like, no, uh, I just didn't want to lose the positions. You and that's what that's what you learn is like when you're when someone's punching you, they're giving you space to move. So I just had to make sure I wasn't going going to lose my position of flattening her out. Got it. So I mean, you're very very busy. Do you have time for a boyfriend or girlfriend? I don't know what what you like it seems like you're pretty open uh, i'm not busy i have 24 hours in a day and i could do whatever i want with it okay so you're looking for a man um i've never looked 
in my whole life. They just kind of appear. Listen to that. I like that. <laughs> well, that's true. You but probably have to like, bat them away with a with your jujitsu skills, right? You have to. They must be uh, all over. No, but they do. I they do have to know how to fight because if I can beat them up, then I, it won't work. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now there was a girl, Kate Quigley, who wrote that on Instagram. She said, "Listen, any guy who's married who who tries to get in my DMs, I'm going to post it." And then you wrote, "You're a snitch." Uh, so are, 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 are you hooking up with married men? Like what's going on? <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. What, what yeah, you wrote, you called her a snitch in, on, on, on Instagram. I don't know if you were being funny or- What did she say though? She said that if, if oh. If a married guy tries to get in her DM, she'll post it. Yeah. And then you Yeah, wrote, that's just too much energy, I think. That's all I'm saying is like, let men be men. They're gonna be idiots. Their relationships are obviously gonna fail. Just stay out of that drama. Like you don't have to give it energy. Don't be a snitch. Just walk away. Ignore it. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. That makes way more sense. I agree. Like, it's just, just yeah. like, ignore it. Now, now you're placing yourself in the, in the whole. Yeah. Because imagine, imagine how many dudes do that. What if like several dudes do that a day? Then you're wasting your time telling them like, just, you know, yeah, even. That makes, sense. that makes sense. That makes That's what I, I have a question. Like. I have a question, Jeslyn. If you had to choose between MMA and wrestling, what would you choose if you had to pick one? MMA right now? because there's not a lot of wrestling going on. And I think that um, uh, I can listen to what um, D'Lo told me. I don't know if you know D'Lo from WWE. Yeah. He lives in Vegas. He said, do your fighting right now while you can, while your body can, because it's like obviously way more intense. He said, I could get you wrestling for the next 25 years. Oh, wow. Well, you so, mean, I mean, you're sitting down right now, but to the fans, she lo- she's ripped. And, and like, and you're also like not a big girl, but you're not a, you're not a tiny girl. You're like a I'm five ten. Five you're five ten. Five yeah. ten. Six pack. Uh, you must walk around at like one fifty five, right? One sixty. Shit, I should be walking around one sixty five. But before this fight, I was one seventy seven, but eighteen percent body fat, and then yeah. I had to get to one forty five in two months. Whoa! Well, you're killing the game, which I did. I, I'm I'm and like. You know, you're very, very attractive woman. Uh, even when you train, you're attractive. A lot of girls they don't look that good when they're training. I've seen you in the gym. Uh, so I see you there. I, yes, you see me there. I'm not attractive. All right. So um, <laughs> thank you. Where can people find you and, and support you? Um, I guess just the <clears throat> Instagram. Like I have, I have four Instagram accounts, but the one that's important is the pro wrestling one, which is Body Slamming Queen. I started weeding out my personal Instagram account and just putting everything on that. So that would include MMA because it's just too hard to manage. And are you on, are you on OnlyFans? Are you one of these, are you on OnlyFans? Never. Oh, never good. good. Stay off. Never will. Good. Stay off OnlyFans. All right. I have one last yeah. question. Just I have one last question. You said you, you would only date a guy if he can beat you in jujitsu. As long as I can't squash him, I, I would date a guy. Okay. If, like, and, and guys are like, Oh yeah, but she's not going to, uh, she can't beat me or whatever. Like, but if you don't train, if you're an average man that doesn't train, I will. So Follow like, up question. Do you want to do some jujitsu together? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Wow. Come to see All right. it. We got to film this. Uh, so let's, let's see this. Usually I charge 400 bucks an hour. But he's also a brown belt. He's a, he's a, he's a brown belt. So this would be good. Uh, just so you guys know. All right. He's also an actor. Actor, a brown belt. Uh, I see. I see this lasting not very long. Anyway, listen. Thank you guys very much. 
uh, I know you don't do a lot of uh, interviews, but I am so honored and have a great week. Thank you. I hope it made sense. I feel like I just went through my whole life, like totally rushed and the, the people are like, what the hell? What? No, we're going to have you back on. We're having you on every week. Uh, thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you. You're great. Take care. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. All right. So I like that girl. Right? Yeah, she's cool as shit. Fucking wild. Wild, wild. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I mean, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards. I mean, how cool is that? TV shows and reality TV, which I love to watch. They got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you could imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, huh? Don't be that guy or girl. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code CLNS50 for your sign up bonus. Use the hashtag betonline. All right. So we got, we got a guy coming on the podcast who's a badass fighter right now. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good dude. He had a crazy life. I, you, know, you know, you ask these people to come on uh to come on the show this guy uh dimaggio dominican smith okay uh uh connecting now uh and i didn't realize that uh you know i like google the guy's name and all these like fbi things come on and it's, and it's, and it's him so we, we got to ask him about this uh i, th I think he got, he, got, he got in some trouble uh i, I don't want to embarrass him this isn't like a gotcha <laughs> thing but i do have to ask him about this i'll let him explain because uh Fucking wild. I, I thought I was looking up his fights, but uh, anyway. This is, uh, so you saw some mug shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some crazy shit. All right. I'll, I, I don't, I don't want to, like, you know, assume or embarrass the guy, but, uh, but we do have to get to this. And our next guest, too, uh, by the way, uh, Sasha. Sasha. It's a fucking crazy show. Uh, DiMaggio, are you, can, you, can you hear me? Let me see. Uh, ask to start video. So, by the way, but would you, you would date that girl, right? Yeah, in a heartbeat, right? Come on. I mean, I mean, she's wild, though. I feel like, I mean, she's, you think she, I think she probably has trust issues. She obviously oh, for thinks, sure. thinks all men are scumbags. I mean, pretty much, I don't, she thinks all men are going to cheat. Which is, that's not, I mean, I guess when you're crazy, yeah. I guess when you, when you, you, you strip before, I feel like mm -hmm. you're, you're dealing with men that, like, you know are married, have their wedding rings, whatever. They're offering you all kinds of shit. So I think you're getting yeah. a false sense of, like, all men. But the mm -hmm. men that you're meeting, you're probably just like, uh, you know, and, and she's yeah. stripped around the whole country. She went around the country on a stripping tour, you know, like, so. <laughs> yeah. It's also crazy. She's 5'10". The whole time I'm watching her on Zoom, I'm thinking she's like 5'4", 5'5". No, she's like, fucking big chick doing backflips and shit. I mean, she's crazy <laughs> athletic. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Athletic. So this dude right here, how's it going? How are you? DiMaggio. Hello? Uh, can you hear me? Uh, uh, is everything okay? What's up, man? 
What's going on? How are you doing? Pretty swell. Good, good, good. So <laughs> I, was, I was watching your fights, by the way. You had a, you've had crazy fights. First fight didn't go very well, let's be honest. Didn't, didn't last, but the second fight. All right, we'll talk about the second fight. Because the first fight lasted yeah. nine seconds. I think you got kind of rocked early, maybe whatever. Yep. Second fight, though, the dude fucking Machida kicked you in the head. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. You came back and beat the shit out of this dude. Uh, crazy rear naked choke. That was pretty damn awesome. I think I was like 15 pounds heavier, too. Oh, bro, he was much heavier than that. You know how these shady shows and promotions are when it comes to people's weight. Yeah. Because it was pay-per-view. Uh, but the guy walked in. I mean, we were already doing weigh-ins. He walked in during weigh-ins, and I was like, my opponent never showed up, so I took the picture by myself, stepped on the scale, and I was like, when he walked in, I'm like, who the fuck is that guy fighting? You know, like, <laughs> hey, he's gonna fuck somebody up, you know. And then he, he goes up there and he gets on a scale, and he weighs in at fucking like 194 or some shit, and I was like, God damn, that's a big boy. And he's like, Oh no, he's he's fighting you at lightweight. I said, now, I know, I've heard of some shady shit with these promotions and how we're doing tickets and shit. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of, I'm fighting this big Goliath motherfucker. I can see his heart beating. I don't know. I see every muscle in his body. I'm not fighting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Managers come up and they're just like, oh, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, you can go up weight. Like, I cut down to 55. But when I'm going to drink water, I get up to 193. So then I told the promotion, like, fuck this. I sold 50, 80, 100 fucking tickets. And I'm like, I'm not fighting this dude. They're like, come on, man. You're going to be co-main event, blah, 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 blah. You're, this is for you. You just lost your last fight three months ago. Come on, do it. And I was like, bro, I'm not fighting this dude unless I take 80% of his purse. They're like, 80? Take it or leave it. So they came back and they're like, he said, fuck no. I'm like, well, he just flew from New York or some shit. All right, tell him 60. And if it ain't 60, I'm fucking done. 60 is what I really wanted. And then come back, and they're like, yeah, he'll agree to 60. I'm like, fuck yeah. So when I got kicked in my face, it woke me up and pissed me off so bad that I was like, I'm balls to the walls. I just lost the fight by trying to, you know, sit on the ground and shit. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this again. So I, it just, God was in my ass cheeks or something. I hit the mat, and I bounced back up quicker than I've ever bounced up in my life. So I didn't see your first fight. I just, because I, I tried to find it, but it said nine seconds on Sure Dog. What, you pulled guard? Oh. Is that what happened? Oh, no. I, let me give you a, a visualization real quick. Buddy, <laughs> are you ready? Buddy, are you ready? Yeah. Fucking run, sprint the guy, double flying knee. I've never seen nobody defend a double flying knee in my life. <laughs> my opponent last uh, two weeks before, so I was going to fight a wrestler. So here I am with Jorge Masvidal shit before Jorge Masvidal. And this guy blocks one knee, blocks <laughs> second knee. Throws a fucking punch right down oh. the, off the cage. Off the cage. I got him a back up against the cage. Throws a – I go straight down. He jumps on top, throws one, two punches while I'm defending. Referee oh. pulls – I sit straight up, and I was like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. Well, because uh, it's a highlight film. It just showed you throwing the flying knee before your fight. But they cut, yeah, off, they cut off the part where he punches you. <laughs> oh, of course. They were, they were looking out for me, you know. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That, so then I Googled your name, right? I'm like, I got to find more stuff. Uh, <laughs> stuff that came up. Like, so, all right, let me just say what, let's just say what I found. Because you got you to tell me. All right, it says that you were arrested for building the government, and then you went on a cruise. Uh, <laughs> And, and, uh, and then you, you pulled a health care fraud, and you were looking at five years. 
and a quarter million dollars bail? Like, what the fuck happened? Um, so this is what happens when you fuck with family. Right. Um, so I was working three jobs and still trying to do mixed martial arts. And while I was working, well, I was working two jobs. And then my mom comes up with like, hey, you know, you can work another job. I'm like, I'm pretty tied up, mom, you know. She's like, you know, I'm just work a third job. You know, you'll take care of good old mom. You already take care of me. Easy way to get paid. So I'm like, okay, this, you know, doesn't, doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to live with you. I take care of you already. And I'll get paid for that. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what she didn't tell me is that she's not supposed to be working on disability. Uh, and if you are, you're supposed to be reporting it. Got it. So she was not reporting that she was working, which started a case on her. And then they're like, how in the fuck is this guy at two jobs and working for you? Uh, and that was a felony. I never knew that was a felony. So here that I doesn't am. seem too bad. No, 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 no. That's all having, that it was. Get arrested for having too many jobs? Like, what <laughs> Pretty the much. <laughs> like, Pretty much. Like, Bro, that's crazy. Let me tell you how, explain how getting locked up. That part was fucking crazy. Because here I am at Lambert Airport about to fly to Texas to go and train at forgot whose gym some fighter down there and it's once again just a funny fucking story i've got all my shit i make it all the way through and i'm sitting down waiting on my flight i'm like group group one group two it's like my group's coming up and i'm shopping in the store some girls like flirting with me and shit i'm flirting back whatever and um you just hear like a bunch of boots and a bunch of chains so i'm like you just i'm like holy shit look out I'm like, oh my god al-qaeda must be in this bitch or something you know like Whoo, they're about to get him. And eight officers and one FBI detective come inside of this store. And the guy holds up a paper, looks at me, looks down, looks at all the officers. And he's like, hey, are you DiMaggio? He pronounced it wrong. So I was like, nah, I don't know no DiMaggio. And I like, <laughs> don't know that fucking guy. So then I go back towards my seat. And I hear all the boots and chains again. I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man? Like, that killed somebody in my sleep or something? Like, yeah. what the fuck? So they come over there and he asked me one more time. He's like, DiMaggio, is this your name? Is this your face? I was like, yeah, that's me. He's like, okay, well, we do this a nice way. We do this a hard way. We look you up. And I was like, it's nine of you. I fight one-on-one, -on -one, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We can do this the easy way. Like, there's no fucking fight for this. And that's all that it was. I got locked up at the airport. Get in the airport. The guy, like, I didn't even know they thought jails and airports. I'm so oblivious to life. And then um, the guy's like, oh, you seem like a good guy. Fucking unhandcuffs me. And I'm like, well, this is weird. So now I'm just walking around the airport uncuffed. And there's other guys like cuffed and behind bars. And I'm just like in here like, hey, I'm DiMaggio. How you guys doing? And they're like, what the fuck? Like, aren't, didn't you walk in in handcuffs? And I'm like, yeah, but they trust me. So <laughs> then they take pictures with me. And I'm like, this shit is, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't know any oh names. but. God. Then I leave from there and like the real FBI people come there and they fucking like got me in this little dinky ass 200 and the cuffs are tight as fuck. So I'm cracking jokes with these people, not even knowing like how severe this could have been. But I'm just like, you guys want to hear a white joke? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, two black guys walk into a bar and they're like, we don't want to hear it. I'm like, okay. Like, what the fuck do you want to hear? As soon as I say that, they pull out a tape recorder like, well, since you asked, do you give us permission? I'm like, what the fuck? And here I am, like, I'm trying to remember all these TV shows, First 48, all of this shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, you're black. Don't talk to him. Tell him, don't say nothing. I'm not saying nothing. I, that's what the fuck I say. I'm like, I don't know anything. They're like, well, you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God.
So uh, they like escort me to like a federal holdover. They ask me some questions. I like politely talk to them like, yeah, you know, um, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Then I get a lawyer because I get held over at jail 24 hours or whatever. And they let me out, whatever. I get a lawyer. And then like, did you talk? I'm like, yeah, they seem like pretty nice people. It's like, fuck. <laughs> like, what? He's like, you never talk to them. I'm like, bro, first 48 was all I knew. What the fuck else was all I? I didn't so come to find out. He listened to the whole audio. He's like, okay, I've never in my life heard this before. He said, I've never, he said, talking is always a bad thing, but somehow you talked to the point where you didn't say anything bad. He's like, talking is never good, but you didn't say anything bad. And I got you. I got this case. Like, okay. That's one lawyer. So I'm dealing with one lawyer because I go through three different lawyers. The first lawyer is like, no, oh, you know, four grand, you know, I'll take care of this. This is nothing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that guy fucked my case up oh. to the point of no being because he's like no felonies you've never been locked up before you're 28 or 20 whatever years old he's like this is gonna be a cakewalk brother got you and he just went above like he had a head meeting with this lady named cat cassie Cassandra or something she was like the head of the fbi before uh donald trump booted her and appointed somebody else but he shot past everybody to have a meeting with this one person it pissed off my prosecutor. It pissed off the person after him. He pissed off everybody up that chain by skipping all of them and talking to this one person. And oh. that's what fucked my case up. After that, I could have gotten like off on uh, SI program or some shit like that. Everything would have been dropped. It would have been no federal charges, no nothing. This guy pissed off the wrong fucking people and then was like, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> they, they said no. <laughs> so you got a third lawyer. Did you have to actually do any jail time? Mm. Oh, good, good. Bro, I, when I say I would have spent every dollar to not sit in jail, I would have pissed off some cellmates because I'd be like, I'm innocent. <laughs> yeah, I, I was mean, just going to work. That's crazy. I've never heard of a guy having getting thrown off a plane for for having a, a too many jobs. That's, I mean, Bill, have you ever heard of this? No, but it sounds like like when I, I've been on unemployment for most of my life, it seems. And sometimes I'm on unemployment and I travel to the Caribbean because I'm like, what am I going to do? Like not work? I might as well not work at the Caribbean, but then you, that's the same thing. That could be like a felony charge. If you go like overseas yeah. and vacation while you get unemployment, uh -huh. it sounds like same thing. Yep. No, it's all fraud brothers. Don't, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Do not enjoy yourself. Do not enjoy yourself with no, any kind of government you're, benefits. You're, you're hilarious. You're, are you a, uh, are you a comedian or you're like, what do you now? Uh, now when's your next? You should be, fight? you should be. You're funny. We're, we're experts. We know. When's your next oh, fight? What, are you fighting again? Check this out. So I want to fight. I have not registered myself. I said this week I was going to go register myself, put myself back in the testing pool and fight. I've been training for about a year straight, strength conditioning, doing shit like four to five or seven hours out of my day, straight training. And I'm beating up on people that are currently fighting and I feel great. Um, training with Joaquin Buckley. We'll actually be doing a video shoot tomorrow. And this is like, I'm not in a rush to fight. I was in a rush to fight as an amateur. I have over 30 amateur fights. I fought so many unsanctioned fights. My dumbass did not know that was not being counted for fights. And that was the dumbest thing I could have done was having so many amateur unsanctioned fights, but it was just like building up the hype. So when I yeah. lost my pro debut, that shit like went crazy. But I do want to fight this year. Uh, there's a, I want to fight on LFA though. Cause LFA, I think a lot of people that know talent watch that shit. And I am, I don't even know how to explain it, man. You put me in the gym with your favorite fighter and you watch me go to work and you'll be like, I love this kid. What, uh, what belt do you introduce you? 
I'm the baddest white belt around, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a, a thing where like I would love to like go up notches and things like that. But my whole thing about that is like I know mentally I'd be a bitch if a blue belt fucking heel hooks me and I'm a black belt. <laughs> I'd be pissed. <laughs> so I just I don't I train gi, but I don't I don't want to rank up. And that's why I say like a badass white belt because I go to gyms and they're like, what the fuck? This non like who the fuck is this dude? And it's like, <laughs> got it. But like now, but what's your what's your background as far as like uh, striking, Muay Thai, boxing, wrestling? Ooh, uh, what do you call it? A foot stomper, like Kamaru Usman, I guess. <laughs> Fucking, um, but that's not a style. But well rounded. I started off as a striker, and now I'm working more so on well rounded. Um, if somebody wants to stand up, we can stand up. If they want to grapple, we can grapple. So I, I just want to say, I guess I'm a mixed martial artist, but striking is, I guess that's where all the flashy shit is at. That's where the money is at. So I tend to stay towards that more, but I know how to defend myself very well on the ground. Were you with uh, Joaquin uh, in uh, Vegas for, at my show? Did you go to my show? No, 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 no. No, because uh, okay. of all that shit we just talked about. Yeah. Bro, I'm still, you still like, I'm still dealing with that kind of shit. So I guess it's called probation or something. You can't, so, leave, you can't, you can't leave the state? Oh, I took my passport, man. I got to get my passport. Whoa, that's fucking crazy. Are you training with Woodley at all? What happened? What happened with you and Woodley? Uh-oh. What I'm happened? not, I'm not. And this shit's being recorded all live and shit. Yeah. How about you just call, how about you just call it Woodley right now on the, on the podcast? What happened? What, what happened with you and Woodley? Nothing, man. He's a great guy. <laughs> Wait, what? You guys are both from St. Louis. What, do you make fun of his rapping or something? What happened? <laughs> no, he's a great rapper too. Um, look at you, like no, the fuck you ain't. I see you rubbing your head. I think he's pretty good. I actually think he's legit. I think he just gets a lot, a lot of, there are a lot worse rappers. People, people don't like Tyron because they want him in anyway. But uh, what happened? You, you guys have beef? I know that Buckley got banned from the gym, and him and James Krause have a beef or something. Or are you part of that? What? This? No, I'm neutral. I'm neutral. I train with people that hate other fucking people. So it's kind of like almost like a snake kind of thing but i don't i don't spread shit between people like if you don't like this person i'm not gonna fucking tell you what this person says i don't yeah, care about that good i just want the training because in st louis the thing is the problem is it's training and it's so fucking small here that all these gyms fucking hate each other and they're really no one's gonna really blow up because you can't even fucking cross train anywhere so the thing with tyron is i used to i, I started off with uh, jesse finney here in town and then i heard about tyron's gym like coming up so i joined tyron's gym uh, before Luigi and all these other guys started coming there. And we were like the best of fucking friends. Um, I love training with Tyron. Like, I would do cardio with him and everything. But then there was just this guy that came to his gym and, like, fucked up his whole atmosphere. And when that happened, I just jumped ships, and we just haven't been close since. But there's no bad blood or anything like that. I mean, he's a, he's a really good guy. He's a really – and he needs good friends. So reach out to him, man. He needs good people around him. He's got too many yes men. He got, oh, I was going to definitely got a lot of yes men around him. Um, but I, I know he knows that. And uh, his, his family, though, is what keeps him going. So it doesn't even matter who all them yes men and shit are, but his family is pretty solid. So so where can people find you and uh, support you? Um, Here at St. Louis, but if there's a gym that we're talking no, like about. Like on the internet, where can people, like like your fucking <laughs> screen name or your. Not where they can track you down like and challenge Instagram you to a fight. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Instagram. Like, but what's the name? What's the name they can look up that's find you? Uh, oh, the American Angry Bird. 
the American Angry Bird. Listen, well, listen, your story is hilarious. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but hilarious the way you tell it. Uh, right. We're going to get you back on the podcast. Let me know when you go with the LFA. I'm going to get you on before that fight, too. So, um, uh-huh. you know, and, uh, and let me know if you want me to reach out to uh, Mr. Soares about you. So, Fuck yeah, do that. I'll go get tested and I can fight next week. All right. Okay, cool. No problem. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Take care, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so we have a guy, Sasha Palatnikov. He's the first fighter in the UFC that was born in Hong Kong. Um, uh, he's also sideways right now. Uh, will, will you turn your phone a little bit? <laughs> so um, there we go. Perfect. Um, now, when, now, when you think of Hong Kong, you think of Sasha Palatnikov. Uh, so he, he won his first, uh, yeah, he won his first UFC debut. It was a fucking war. It was a war. Oh, my God. Uh, he was hurt in the first, came back, won in the third. It was a fucking amazing fight. He's got a fight coming up this Saturday, right, Sasha? Yes, sir. Yes, he's fighting uh, Impa. I can't even pronounce the guy's last name. The guy that Joaquin Buckley did that crazy kick and knocked out. That's the guy he's fighting. The guy was undefeated before that fight, though. So this dude's uh, – um, how are you, Sasha? What's going on? I'm doing good, man. Um you know, today is a bit of a slower day, which is which was needed. Focusing on the the last remaining pounds for the weight cut and uh, just taking it easy, hanging now, out. Now you live in Vegas, all right? Correct. Yeah, I moved here uh, at the end of 2019, and um, this is my uh, home away from home. Now you have a crazy story that you were born in Hong Kong. Uh, Correct. How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a choice of mine. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> My parents, my father was a, my father is still currently a, a high diver. He teaches, but uh, he was a former world champion. He was traveling the world, uh, performing in, in different shows. If you guys, maybe when you were younger, remember Great Adventure and Six Flags, they would do high diving shows. Yeah. There's yeah. a good chance that you may have even seen my dad. Um, he immigrated to the U.S. Uh, at 18 years old, left the Soviet Union uh, based on, you know, he wanted to represent the Soviet Union in the Olympics and, and never got that opportunity because of politics and um, came to the U.S. The U.S. gave him citizenship and he represented the U.S. in, in high diving and uh, cliff diving. Um, and then, you know, he came to this this wonderful country without a, 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 any English, with no money. Uh, you know, the, the immigrant mentality he worked hard. He, he supported, you know, his family. And, um, and was able to travel the world because of the, the skills that he had. And he was offered a contract in Hong Kong in the 80s uh, with my mom, and they never left. Uh, what was, it, what was the contract? Sister. What was the contract? Was it like for a show or? Correct, yes. Uh, back, uh, still, there's, a, there's an amusement park in Hong Kong called Ocean Park. Um, and uh, that's where he got the contract. He was actually, I was conceived in Australia. That's where they were living prior. And... Um, then they jumped ship over to Hong Kong, and then out I came. And now, did you <laughs> go to a special school for uh, people that speak English, or do you do you speak Chinese? Um, in Hong Kong, so like you know, Hong Kong is a former British colony, so it's a very, very uh, Western influenced city. You know, everyone speaks English. Uh, my Cantonese is like pretty, pretty average. I wouldn't say it's that good or, 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 or you know, fluent, but I can understand it quite well. And I can say a few things here and there to get by, get home, you know, order food, that kind of stuff. But um, I went to a, I went to a private school, an English school. And 
Um, you know, it's, it's a very popular option for, for the expat community in Hong Kong to go to, to the, you know, uh, British schools. They also have American schools as well. I used to have a bit of a British accent back in the day, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. It's a very international uh, cultural melting pot in Hong Kong. And You must fuck with people knowing Cantonese. Do you ever go to a group of Chinese people and just start saying shit like, what the fuck? No, I've been, I, you know, that, that's funny. I've like been in elevators and like people will maybe say some things about me and they don't think I know. And then I can start saying like, oh, really? You know, like, that's and then they look awesome. at me. I, know, actually, but... I did comedy in Beijing and Shanghai and Wuhan. I did comedy okay. in Wuhan, I swear. And they don't, they don't call <laughs> now it. we know how it started. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I bombed so bad. Someone ate a bat. And then, no, <laughs> it was, um, it was, uh, the, the thing was, is they don't call it, stand-up comedy they call it american talk show because you're american oh, yeah. and you're talking and it's a show right uh -huh. and stand-up comedy is not even like legal but they they, they got all the cops got called on one of the shows they're like well are they singing they're like no <laughs> like is it a play they're like no like the guy's just talking to, people are laughing like well we don't know even know what to file that under you know <laughs> uh when i was in Wuhan, they didn't understand i'm like look i don't need a smoke machine like, they're like, no, you have to get a smoke machine. I'm like, no, listen, I, I'm a comic. I'm just, a, they're like, no, all performers have smoke machines. So they announced me and fucking smoke everywhere. Like, I, I actually put it on Instagram. You can't, like three minutes of people and everyone, people barely speak English. There's a couple translators. Most people like are sitting next to people and then they're just dying laughing. Cause that was like, it was like a slapstick show. And I'm like, and I'm like, but. I don't mean to uh, disrespect China at all, Sasha, but the pollution there, right? So I was like throwing away a cup of coffee, right? I had a Starbucks mm -hmm. and then my, somebody said, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm throwing away the coffee. They're like, no, no, no. They want you to leave the coffee on the ground because it creates more jobs for people to clean it up. So someone's wow. job is to clean up the coffee. And I'm looking in this fucking coffee pot everywhere. I'm like, all right, you know, like, this is <laughs> like, we're going to be in some trouble, but uh, I don't know <laughs> like that. So no, Hong Kong, Hong Kong is very different in, in that. Um, it's just, it's, it's just a different place. Uh, you know, it has, it has its own government, its own currency, its own stock exchange, you know, obviously with things, how they are now, it, you know, things are changing, but, um, but yeah, the way people that are, you know, Hong Kong people are raised and, and the mentality there is very Western. It's very open. That's why yeah. uh, the Western world uses Hong Kong to connect, you know, to Asia. And, and you know, the influence of, of the West is big in Hong Kong. You know, I'm sure when you were in mainland China, you would see the signs. It would be very rare. And maybe in Wuhan to see English signage anywhere. Yeah. But um, if you come to Hong Kong, you'll see English, Chinese. Sometimes you'll even see, you know, Mandarin on top of that as well. So it's, like I said, it's very multicultural and I got thrown out of a restaurant for tipping, though. I, I gave <laughs> really? The guy, they're like, you can't tip. The guy was, I gave the guy a tip, and he was insulted. He gave oh, it back, wow. and I'm like, no, have it. He goes, out. I'm like, out? I'm just giving you fucking... He goes, like, <laughs> like, that's like a no-no. No, yeah. I, I just can't wait until, like they say, the first Hong Kong champion, and then you show up. There's a look of confusion <laughs> on people's faces. is going to be fucking priceless. They're going to be mean, like, yeah. Even even now, I mean, walking out um, and, and people seeing like stuff that the UFC posts because they, they mention Hong Kong and they're like, what? Like he has a Russian name, he speaks like an American. Like what the hell's going on? Here? They're it's like, great. people I are like, it. what? Like they hit like 
what on your character or in the video game they just pick random character and they just make me you know so no, you're definitely like no, 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 when women are like oh i like asian dudes and then you show up is that like uh is it like that's that would be that would be amazing i uh, i love it i love it now your uh your first fight your last fight um john wood told you because you were in a brawl and john mm -hmm. wood was like you're too technical for this um mm -hmm. did, uh, do you like brawling or did, did that like let that raise the thing of like, hey, you know, I got to get back to what am I doing? Well, you know, like, obviously with the whole whirlwind of the debut and coming in, uh, like, the beginning of that fight, if you remember, you know, I, I uh, he caught my kick and I rolled out. And then he landed a barrage of stuff on the ground and then got back and actually dropped me. And uh, in my mind, I, everyone's like, oh, he was hurt. I mean, the, the, the you know, Joe Rogan really hyped me up and made it seem like the fight was about to be over. But. I was never really hurt. I just had lost my balance a little bit. He hit me in the back of the head like 32 times, if you remember. Yeah. And uh, so when I actually got up, I was like, fuck, I'm losing right now. That's all I could think was I'm losing. So I was like, I got to fucking put it on him. Um, so I kind of was like, and I felt his power and was like, okay, well, I don't, I'm not worried right now. So that's when I kind of got into that. All right, I got a mano a mano and just brawl with this dude. And then uh, at the end of the round, John's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> get back to what you do best at, you know, don't get hit and just piece them up. And then I kind of started to, you know, settle in a bit more in second round, third round. I started to, you know, open up and play kind of the game that I usually play. You're spinning, you're spinning elbows and you're spinning backwards are like jabs. Like you, you throw those so fucking fast that you're like, some people like they take their time and they could, you're just like, it's a fucking jab for you. It's, it's insane how quick you are. Like, holy shit. I appreciate that. That's something that I've oh, worked on so long in my life and being fast and being quick and not being able to, to be hit. And, you know, two weeks notice on COVID, it wasn't like the perfect scenario in terms of what I could bring. And, yeah, you, you, uh, you had COVID. Yeah, and, I had COVID. And, and then you won the fight. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, uh, and you know, now you come here and you're a champion over in Korea. Cause I, yeah. I watched you win that fight in Korea. Um, then you come here and you're broke and you're driving for Uber and yeah. you're, and you're delivering Postmates. Uh, Not Postmates. I was doing Grubhub, Uber Eats and DoorDash. Now a lot of people, no, a lot of people, like if I was like all of a sudden, like I did a tonight show and the next thing I know I'm driving for Uber, right? Part of me would be like, what, the, what, what the fuck happened? Well, how, how did it like, is that going through your head at all? Um, you know, it was more like, I know it sounds worse than it was, but so I'd come out here, I'd moved out here at the end of 2019 and I'd actually come out here to start a business. I was trying to get in, uh, do a distribution company. Uh, I had people that wanted to have American goods shipped to Asia. So I had, had a, like a nice little business set up that I was, I was planning on having, and then also being able to train full time. Plus I'd been working in Hong Kong as a, as a personal trainer and, a, and an MMA coach. So I put some money away just to make sure that I could pursue this coming to Vegas was the, the end goal was to come to and, and eventually maybe get into the UFC. I couldn't predict it, but at the same time, my goal was to come to Vegas. It was a dream of mine to live here. And uh, then the pandemic hit and I just had knee surgery. I was with my fiance and I was like, shit, I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing. I was like, the roads are empty. I was like, people need food. Like let's make some extra income. So I just kind of embraced that. I wasn't training. I couldn't train. I was recovering. So I was like, let's just sit my ass in a car. 
I can hobble my way over to somebody's little honest. party. You're fucking, your fiance is driving you crazy. You need to get out of the house. Let's, <laughs> come, on. come on, let's no. let's call it like it is, dude. Like no, 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 absolutely not. She was she'd be sitting in the passenger seat with me. We'd be oh, fighting okay. in the car. So it'd be oh, fine. oh, good, 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 good. good. <laughs> but um, no, no, she was supporting me the whole way, and just you know, it was just, it, it was a, it was a tough period for sure because obviously I had no idea where I was going with my career. Like you said, I just won a title the year before. Um, and they were also like, Hey, we wanted to bring you back to defend the title. They had, uh, they wanted to line me up against the number one middleweight in the country. I was like, let's do it. Cause I thought beating that guy would be my ticket to the UFC. Um, and then of course the, the pandemic hit and, you know, travel was a pain and, uh, you know, I didn't know what really to expect, but John Wood was always kind of, you know, there for me. He actually ended up giving me a job, uh, when things opened up here, uh, at syndicate, I was teaching the kids classes and. I was much preferred to teach kids than uh, drive around and, and uh, Uber and and then delivering food. So then obviously uh, things started to open up a little bit more and I got that opportunity to go to Dubai and fight again. Um, you know, I made a debut in Dubai and I took that fight with a torn meniscus and, and a, uh, my, my, he, uh, my hip was ruptured, um, but I needed the cash and uh, it was a really good offer on five days. I wasn't even in camp, took the fight and, uh, you know, I learned in hindsight, like I can't, you know, I'm a, I believe I'm a tough kid, but I, I can't just get off the couch and fight elite fighters without putting in the yeah. work. So I learned that the hard way, but thankfully UAA Warriors gave me another shot, went out there and uh, dusted my opponent. And that's when I ran into my, my now current manager, Daniel Rubenstein. Love that. Um, and uh, he's, he's the man. I love Danny. And uh, he gave me, you know, this opportunity. You know, it was crazy because, you know, I won that fight. I was like, yes, 2020, we're on the roll. And I, I was talking to a couple different managers. But I just, you know, I really love, I love Danny and I, I just connect well with him. So we were, a, nice, a nice Jewish guy to manage you. There you go. You know, you know, he's going to take care of you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um, and, and, and then I was supposed to corner because I was thinking, all right, well, I was training with Sean Strickland. He'd asked me if I wanted to corner that him. And psychotic. I was like, uh, uh, I, I, that guy's insane. I love that guy. But holy shit, that guy's like, I, I heard he just goes out for the knockout and sparring. Like he's like, he tries, to, it's. He's like Hector every Lombard, 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Every day's a fight. But he's a good man. He helped me so much. And uh, he wanted me to corner him. So that's when I first found out. I was like, yes, I'm going to get that opportunity to be behind the scenes in the UFC, kind of take that all in. And then um, they told me I had COVID. So I was like, shit, you know, like that sucked. And um, so I went into a 10-day quarantine, doing absolutely nothing, sitting at home. And, um, and then – I got out of the quarantine, went to go teach a kid's class, and that's when I got the text message on the, I believe it was the 3rd of November. Um, and they were like, UFC 255, 21st of November. You want it? And I'm like, let's go. I didn't even know who the opponent was. I just said, let's take it. <laughs> you My know? This is one of the best fighters in the world. He's going to win his really? fight on Saturday, and he's going to be the champion of the whole world right here. Sasha, <laughs> his name is, say hi, Sasha. <laughs> he's not impressed but, well, no. well listen my wife just dropped my kid off because i guess babysitting's done uh but listen sasha it is an honor i can't wait you're fighting uh espn right uh yeah i think it's espn plus on saturday espn plus saturday you're an underdog but i'm you're gonna win you're winning this fight i'm Nobody putting money knows. on you sasha i'm putting money on you okay just so you know no the other guy's got a lot of muscles. Don't, don't be intimidated by the guy's muscles. He's, he's, like, he's fucking, he's pretty jacked. <laughs> he's jacked, but that doesn't win you fights. Trust me, we ain't bodybuilding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not bodybuilding. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Good luck on Saturday. Appreciate it, dog.
Take care, yeah, brother. Fuck, man. Yes. So I can love that guy. Everyone's everyone. In this uh, episode has been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that guy's story is crazy, right? Crazy. Well, well, Bill, what do you got coming up? And sorry that we I haven't you haven't talked most of this episode. Do you oh like no, it's great, man. These people, you, these are great guests. All of them were fucking awesome. Do you enjoy it's talking? Cool. To, do I feel like? Uh, do you want to talk more? Do I? I no, this, I think it's perfect. It's perfect because I like listening, and I, I you know, what, the Sasha thing. I was just so curious about that Hong Kong, China thing, and how he felt about it. Yeah, we obviously yeah. didn't want to talk about it. but like so so also these these you get great guests man oh uh, yeah no absolutely the one guy that was crazy too he got fucking i mean i understand fraud's a big deal but you don't have to get people yank people off airplanes and he's still uh, dealing with it now and he can't leave i mean for having too many jobs like yeah. i mean yeah I he's mean, basically taking care of his mom which is he's doing but then he went on vacation while he was taking care of his mom and then they that's crazy. I mean, to me, this, yeah. uh, that's nuts. He's got to go through fucking three lawyers and blow all his money. It's, I have a feeling if, if a white person was doing it, they wouldn't have to go through so much problems. You know what I mean? I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's bullshit. That is some bullshit right there. Uh, well, thank you, Bill. Have a great weekend. And uh, where, can people, where can people find you? Oh, well, you know, on Instagram, at Bill Dawes. And I'll, if it was in Austin, I'll be at the Vulcan Gas Company on Tuesday coming up. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, I'll be Where, at Supernova. Where's, that? where's the Vulcan Gas Company? It's in Austin. Oh, Austin. And then next week I'll be in Haha and I'll be at Supernova in Hollywood. Love it. Well, thank you so much, guys. Take care. Have a great week. Bye.